Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 88 of the Milestone Pursuit podcast. It is Thursday the 9th of December. And today, we're going to take in a bit of a recovery ramble. This is one where I jog around the forest, in good old Epping Forest, keeping it easy, and talk about something that's on my mind, that might or might not be useful to you. You can be the judge of that. It's a glorious day, it's blue skies after Storm Barry or Storm Barra has passed. Good to get out. Lots of leaves on the ground. Bit of mud around. Embrace it and enjoy it. And of course, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know all about my COVID woes. And I'm on the mend. Getting back into a little bit of running. But the woes have continued. Being in Ipswich Town supporting England cricket fan it's not been a great week Ipswich sacked their manager lost 2-0 to Charlton fans remonstrating with the players squaring up to the players talk on the online forums of John Terry becoming a potential candidate for the job that is not something that one should get excited about that's another story. England's cricket in the Ashes. Let's just ignore that. Let's move on. The other thing that's been going on this week, of course, is leadership issues in the government. And I try not to talk too much about that. But in the last episode, I referred to the leadership issues within British athletics and the changing leadership that we saw earlier on in the autumn and so I thought it would be interesting to do a podcast about leadership and of course as I say in the last few days we've seen all about lots of examples of leadership that we can draw upon in this little run today so what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about my story, boring of me, then we'll talk about what leadership is, talk a little bit about British athletics, in which we'll also talk about imposter syndrome, we're going to talk about leadership systems, and hopefully finish with a little bit of chat about what it all means. So the first thing I wanted to say was, you don't have to agree with everything I say, you don't even have to agree with anything I say. That's okay. This whole thing is built on my perspectives, both from leadership roles in a former life 
and from my exec coaching work as well as obviously my own observations so those perspectives are built on experience and observation for those who've listened to the recovery rambles from in the past you'll know that I've spent some time working in media and advertising agencies in a few leadership positions but I also had but I also had lots of good inspiration for what good leadership and bad leadership might look like that formed some of these opinions today and of course along my own leadership journey I've made mistakes I've probably made more than I can count and more than I'm aware of because we all do and it happens I'm also aware of some of my own failings as a coach particularly an exec coach funny enough in that one of the reasons I do it and the thing that drives me on is that I often see loads of potential people and I have a belief that people are capable of way more than they give themselves credit for. Funnily enough in run coaching it tends to be the other way around. Certainly in the short term, just trying to hold people back, being patient so that they can deliver their goals in the longer term and be the best they can be. It takes time. And I guess it takes time in your career too. So maybe it's not a converse point at all. Maybe it's the same point. Takes time is the point. And we're capable of way more than we think. But in that work, I am guilty of pushing people a little bit too hard, I think. It's one of my mistakes, one of my failings. Working at it though. I'm working at it. So Let's talk about leadership. What is leadership? I always used to define leadership as having a vision and inspiring others to go on that journey with you towards that vision. But it's a skill and it's a characteristic of people the thing I've learned is this idea or the thing I believe really this idea that people are born leaders or are a leader or aren't a leader and you'll have heard that in business I've heard it in business uh, that person is not a leader I just don't believe that to be true I believe the skills and characteristics are prevalent in everybody across our daily lives and in leadership roles I think we all contain a leader in one way or another and as I shall attempt to go on to justify it's about the context of which you're operating within the arena that you're playing in that defines how much of a leader you are not whether you are or whether you aren't 
And typically we talk about styles of leadership and there's all sorts of models for this. But often we get drawn to two polar opposites, binary perspectives on what leaders are. And on one hand you have the empathetic, the empowering leader, like Gareth Southgate, who I've spoken about before. And then on the other hand, you have the autocratic, dictatorial leader, like maybe the current Prime Minister. Now there's loads of things that are different about those two styles, but the key difference that in my mind defines how they are different is vulnerability. So in the former, the Gareth model of empathy and empowerment, he's prepared to be vulnerable. He's prepared to say, I made some mistakes, this is hard, I need some help. It's not about me. Whereas the autocrat on the other side of it will not admit to weaknesses, will not apologise for failures, will not take personal responsibility, will not be vulnerable. Admitting mistakes is a sign of weakness and a sign of weakness is to be exploited by the others because that's what I do. I exploit others, signs of weaknesses. And that's what our old chum, the Prime Minister does in Prime Minister's Questions. If he sees a chink of weakness in the opposition, he'll get personal, he'll pick and he'll attack. So the difference between those two styles of leadership are all about vulnerability. How prepared you are, to be honest. How prepared you are to demonstrate a weakness and bring others with you. But actually, where does that come from? It comes from your value set, your personal set of values, the things that make you tick, the things that drive you, the things that define who you are. And again, we talked about values in a previous recovery run from a long time ago now, maybe last summer, summer 2020. And it's your values that drive your style and how you operate as a leader. So getting to understand your values is really important. And just to explore that a little bit more using the, the examples again, unapologetically drawing upon sport as examples, but you look at Gareth, good old Gareth Southgate. But also look at Owen Morgan, the Irish-born England cricket captain. He has clear values around inclusivity and very successfully 
especially given what we now know about cricket and some views of endemic racism very successfully welcomed two very influential Muslim players into the England team and where others have failed to respect their differences he's embraced them so things like really simplistically not showering them with champagne after they win a match for example and so his leadership style to me looking from afar is very clearly driven by his values and on the flip side let's look at the other potential style of leadership again using sport it's one that cropped up this week there's a football team rather inevitably Bristol Rovers Bristol's second football club playing League 1 or League 2 I forget now I should probably know that since it's playing League 1 they've had 7 players sent off so far this season that's 4 more than any other team in any of the other leagues you can point and suggest without knowing too much detail there's discipline and aggression issues in that team the manager the manager is Joey Barton and if you know anything about football you know that Joey Barton as a player had a reputation for ill discipline and aggression I wonder what values are sitting underneath all of that that's driving his leadership style and then of course you look at Boris what could possibly be driving his leadership style there might of course be times when controlled aggression is useful on the football pitch and where an autocratic style of leadership gets things done but rarely is it sustainable and we'll come back onto that onto that point a little bit later because I want to move on to British Athletics now and talk about what happened there and again I don't know the detail the ins and outs don't know the personalities involved you can look from afar and you can ask some questions make some hypotheses so that's what we're going to do So the background to this is British Athletics appointed Joanna Coates as CEO started her role just before the pandemic started anybody who started a role during the pandemic will know how hard that's been being detached from your team not meeting people not seeing the wider context of the organisation at large so that's a that's a headline context she'd spent the previous 11 years I think it is in leadership positions in England netball 
So in principle she knows sport and that was a very successful time for England netball. And of course, leaders get lots of credit for success. And rightly so. Not to the exclusion of others, but if you're part of the system that makes it work, why shouldn't you receive credit? Prior to that, she was in commercial roles and marketing roles. So no background in elite sport, in either competition or in management until she got involved in England netball. But she's there a long time. And leadership skills are transferable because they're driven by values, not by, not driven by what it is that you do. She very quickly appointed Sarah Simmington as performance director. And Sarah does have a background in sport, so she was a professional cyclist, an Olympic cyclist. Went and worked at British Triathlon. GB Archery and then Netball with Joanna Coates, so kind of coming hand in hand. So neither had a background in athletics, both had a background in sport, one at the elite level. But as I say, leadership is a transferable skill and a characteristic that sits in, in us all. So there's no reason at this stage to believe that it won't work. In fact, bringing in some people from the outside from success is probably quite a positive thing when you're filtering through CVs and going through the search process. However, it was a completely new arena to them both. So they were coming in cold, having not been involved in athletics at any point before and they were seen by others as outsiders so it's likely that they were both feeling like outsiders and then everybody else saw them as outsiders too and that will obviously move us into the territory of imposter syndrome another subject we talked about in the recovery ramble before and imposter syndrome is this idea that we are in an arena that we don't belong in. Or at least a sense in ourselves that we don't belong in it. We don't feel that we've earned the right to be in that arena. We feel like an imposter. And the reality is that affects many, many, many leaders. Some studies show that up to 70% of people have experienced imposter syndrome at some stage in their life and therefore by definition there will be lots of people in leadership positions who are suffering from imposter syndrome. And the reality is of leadership positions I talked about the transferability of skills. The reality is that leaders get removed from the day-to-day -day operation of the business or the organisation or the body of which the leadership is taking place and so you can't be expected to know everything 
and it's impossible in fact to know everything so you have to accept some degree of lack of control and some degree of being outside of your comfort zone permanently because you just do not know for sure what is going on a bit like our friend Boris again not knowing what was going on downstairs in his own house so what do you do in that position so you feel like you're an imposter in the arena and in the case of British athletics others are making you feel like you're an imposter in that arena well we spoke about this before the smart thing to do is to operate some critical self-awareness which is to really understand who you are and what you bring and within that have real clarity on your values as a leader what's important to you what makes it work how do you apply it in the arena that you're in and then you ask for help you go and talk to the people who know more about the subject matter than you you talk to them about what you don't know what you don't understand what concerns you and then you you might or you might not unless they're help and support in building a plan, fixing the problems, moving things forward. Now that's the positive approach. The alternative approach to imposter syndrome is to fight, to take flight or to people please. And it's one of those three options that often leads to things unravelling. So in the case of Joanna Copes after a, an apparently feisty board meeting with the new chairman she resigned on the spot she took flight now I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong in any of this but from the outside world that's what it would have looked like and you could also argue that given the pandemic she had no opportunity at all to embrace the people within the sport to bring them in engaging with them through real human connections for the first six months of her job there was no competition a whole season wiped out so as informal opportunities you get to read the room we're just not there for her which made it hard but on the flip side if you believe everything you read from people within the sport how much asking for help did she really do so there's an interesting lesson Sarah Simmington performance director again terrible time to be taking on that role the Olympics have been moved revenues and budgets are falling and the sport itself is it's hard it's hard to manage it is massively decentralized it's not like England netball where you can control from a hierarchy from the England team down via a manager of the team and a coaching structure that fits that 
in an individual sport like athletics, a multidiscipline individual sport like athletics as well, you've got athletes all over the place, all over the world, coaches all over the world, bringing that in, bringing it together and understanding it all is a massive ask. So who knows which came first, but Sarah Simington took fight. Or at least that's the story I'm telling now. Who knows if that's actually true. And she left her position with a very pointed tweet as she moved to British Cycling in a similar role, saying I couldn't be happier about the move. For which many in athletics took personally, took as a sign that it was actually two fingers up to athletics. Good riddance to bad rubbish type stuff. But the alternative narrative could easily be that given that she was a pro cyclist, she's always wanted to work in British cycling. Either way, it's reasonably ill-judged, as many tweets are. And the third response to the imposter syndrome that we see might have been to people please. And the one thing that Joanna Case appeared to take seriously, but again, who knows, or appeared to do reasonably well, again, who knows, is around safeguarding issues in the sport. And having said what I said previously about the decentralised structure of athletics, there are there is enormous potential for safeguarding issues all over the place because of the lack of control that can be possible so coaches doing things they shouldn't do saying things they shouldn't say to very young athletes and cases are coming out seemingly all the time of sexual abuse but she appeared to take a strong line on that and maybe that was her trying to do something she could control, something that she could influence, something she understood in her leadership role. People pleasing. And that sounds negative. And this issue is serious and she probably did some really good work, so I don't mean for it to sound negative. And people pleasing doesn't have to be. But it doesn't resolve the issue of imposter syndrome only applying some critical self-awareness can fix the issue of imposter syndrome. Asking for help. Being vulnerable. And where this then leads to is systems. British Athletics is a system in which leadership plays out in lots of different ways by lots of different people at lots of different times. Leadership does not exist in a vacuum. It exists in a system. In this case, a highly decentralised system full of people who've been around that system for a very long time and know it well. 
but each system reflects its leadership and that's perhaps best seen through the lens of poor behaviour and how the system operates when there's behaviour that's incongruent to the, to the vision or the values of the system and typically that's caused by two things either rogue behaviour from individuals or groups of individuals or systematic problems that stem from the very top now in these two examples you've had some suboptimal behaviour against the aims of the organisation, the values or the vision for where you're going if it's identified that it's a, it's a rogue a rogue team or a rogue, rogue person then the leadership needs to deal with that swiftly so it doesn't infiltrate other parts of the organisation bad apples uh, rotten ar- a- apples make bad barrels or something something like that So deal with it, deal with it swiftly and deal with it proportionately. It could easily be that it's a small problem, don't let it become a big problem. Or perhaps in the case of the recent examples, it's a big problem that we're trying to make a small problem and using it as a distraction from the big problem. We've all heard of the fall guy, the scapegoat. But ultimately, rogue behaviours need to be sorted and sorted quickly. If, though, you're in a systematic problem where the whole system is flawed, then those seeking to depose the leaders that sit behind that system will be looking to find all the bits of evidence that support the hypothesis that it's the system that's the problem they'll leave no stone unturned until they find the straw that broke the camel's back and perhaps that's what's going on as well at the moment but ultimately as I say, that system reflects the leader or the leaders and it reflects their values. So if you go all the way back to the values of the leader, you'll find the true source of the problem. Now, what does this all mean? Talked a little bit about government, talked a little bit about sport, a little bit about British athletics. As we get into the end of this, just jogging up the hill towards High Beach road to navigate what does it mean to us regular people who are all leaders in one way or another well I guess that's the first point 
that's the first point don't underestimate yourself as a leader it's a characteristic and it's a skill it sits within us all depending on the arena in which we are attempting to compete within or play within you don't have to compete that's the first thing don't underestimate yourself and your power number two base it on your own values base it on who you are not somebody else's not what you've read in the book not what someone's told you a good leader should be base it on your own value set what makes you tick how you work how you think be inspired by others both negatively and positively but base it on yourself and then own it know yourself own what you're good at what you're not and be vulnerable where appropriate towards that and then the third thing and there's only three is to call out incongruent behaviours in your system in the system and that's including your own call out your own incongruent behaviours the things that don't match your values understand why it happened forgive yourself and forgive yourself before you seek forgiveness from others so three things don't underestimate yourself base it on your own values call out incongruent that's easy to say incongruent behaviours including your own and just as we reach the end just to say that leadership is is complex as I say we are all leaders we sit within systems in which we lead in certain ways but it does all start at the top the system is a reflection of leadership and the leadership is a reflection of the values of the leader so on that note I value my lunch and I've done enough jogging around the forest in my post-Covid recovery period so I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to go and reflect on my on my thoughts over a cheese sandwich but not with any wine and it will be socially distanced thanks very much for listening thanks for sticking with the inanity of my ramblings I hope you got something out of it and if you didn't I hope you had a good run and I hope to speak to you again very soon take care hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 